All right, so uh, we're, we're in a series that, uh, guys, how many were here last week? How many were here last week? How many believe, how many felt a breakthrough last week? Come on, come on, that was five of you. How many felt a breakthrough last week? We're starting a series at the beginning of the year uh, called Anchors. And Anchors, um, I don't know if you want to put that up there, uh, Victor, um, the, the, the name of the series. And really what we're doing for the first time is going through our core values. I realized that for the first time in, in four years, uh, four years and two, two months, we, I've never done a series on our core values. And I, I've called the Anchors because these are some of the values that anchor us as a church, right? There's so many more that are not up here that is very important. But I wanted to highlight that it was so powerful last week. The first anchor we talked about was several definitions of inner healing. Do you guys remember that? Uh, and what uh, inner healing was, what inner healing is not, the need for inner healing. And I, I tell you, after service, I felt the Holy Spirit just drop the bomb in here. And uh, it was so, so powerful. If you missed it, go hit, listen to it on our app. But I want to give you a review before um, I start today because I want to do part two of our uh, first a core value of inner healing because it was so powerful. I, it's impossible to give you all of the core values of inner healing in one service. So I'm going to stand part two. Is that okay? All right. Five of you. Okay. Amen. Amen. So last week I talked about um, that there's three um, instructional messages. As a matter of fact, you know what? Let's just close our eyes. Let's go before the Lord right now. Come on. Father, I ask that you would speak to us. I pray, Lord God, that you would break off any distraction that's in our mind. I pray, Lord God, that we would break off any, uh, anything that the enemy is trying to cloud our mind to have attention in our, in, our, in our minds and our hearts for you. And I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would release your power and you release your anointing in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Last week we talked about, uh, when I was introducing the first anchor on inner healing, talked about a lot of things, but I, I inter- I, this is a review, right? It's going to be a couple of minutes review. Uh, I said that there was like about three or so main messages or streams uh, that are in the body of Christ. There's probably a little bit more, but I've summed it up to three main streams in the body of Christ. There's an instructional stream or what we call instructional messages. Say instruction. And instruction messages are needed. Everybody say needed. So instruction messages are messages on how to do certain things or the need for certain things. There's an instructional message that um, most of the time um, is helping us to understand how to live right, how to live holy, how to prepare uh, the coming of the Lord, end time eschatology. We all need that because if not, the Bible says we will be deceived. So we need the instruction of the Lord, right? We need those instructions. But as you found out last week, there's a lot of people that want to do the instruction, but they can't because they're hurting, right? Are you alive this morning, right? So they they want to do the instruction, but they can't because they're hurting. The second type of, of stream or teaching in the body of Christ is a prophetic stream. Say prophetic. Not pathetic. Say prophetic. (laughs) I could have gotten in trouble there. Prophetic streams are what God is doing now or revealing in some sort of way to certain messengers what is about to come. Though these are prophetic messages, and guys, that is important. I can't think of a time in our, in our nation where we need the now word of the Lord. We need the prophetic word of the Lord. And by the way, it doesn't only have to come through prophets because the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. That means everyone in here that has a Holy Ghost in them has the spirit of prophecy because Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, is living inside of you. That means you can hear God's voice, all right? Now, we do uh, uh, look to prophetic people and, and to prophets, but we don't make them the voice of God, amen? Now, these are these type of messages. And again, I, I could go on forever on that because there's a lot of people lately that are hurt, disappointed by whatever. Keep your trust in the Lord, all right? Now, but those prophetic messages are necessary, right? And then the third type of stream of the body of Christ is what we're talking about is one of our anchors is the message of wholeness. Inner healing, all that really means is that anything that has, listen, this is key, that has tried to block your walk with God emotionally and mentally or even in your spirit, right, even when there's some demonic strongholds in your soul that, or, or oppression, the message of inner healing is really a message of wholeness because he desires for us to be, listen, 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 healed and whole spirit, soul, and body. 
And there's a lot, I'm just going to say this because I feel from the Lord, there's a lot of people in the body of Christ who are hurting right now in their emotions. We talked about something. Now, here's how I'm going to start the, uh, this second part. Last week, we talked about that one of the promises that Jesus came, one of the reasons the Holy Spirit came on Jesus was to heal the brokenhearted. And we actually read and had definition that he wasn't talking figuratively. He was actually talking reality. The Bible says that brokenhearted, the, the healing of the brokenhearted has to deal with the 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 things that have caused our emotions to be crushed and in so much pain that it feels like our heart is bruised. Jesus came to heal our emotions who have been shattered and crippled by life or by what other things that has happened to us. But here's the beautiful part, and here's how I'm going to transition to this next part. Um, we decided that, that one of the main uh, in Luke 4 uh, was he heals a broken heart. But the secondary, if I say secondary... The secondary uh, kind of major promise when it comes to our need for wholeness or how God sees the need for wholeness and freedom or uh, inner healing, as how we're talking about it, is uh, the second great promise of that is not only he heals a brokenhearted, watch this, he's very, very close to those who are brokenhearted. Not only does Jesus desire to heal the brokenhearted, he is very close to the brokenhearted. Guys, this is a beautiful promise from the Lord. Listen, other than uh, coming to the Lord in devotion and in worship, when we worship the Lord in devotion and in worship, we get closer to God. But thank God we get closer to the Lord, and the Lord's closeness is revealed even a greater and a deeper level when, unfortunately, we have a crushed heart. Has anybody been crushed lately emotionally? And I'm going to talk today about three or four key factors in obtaining the fullness of inner healing. Guys, like I said it before and I said it uh, again, what good is if you, if you have all the knowledge intellectually but your heart and emotions are messed up? What good is it if your relationships are not good, but yet your, your relationship with your spouse is not good, your relationship with your kids is not good, your relationship with, with church people is not good, yet you could have a lot of money. You could have a lot of success. You could have public success and private hurt. As a matter of fact, the, the reason why we keep on being so driven is because many times we don't want to expose the fact that we really need some healing in our lives. If you realize that some of the reasons that people are backslidden, because the, some of the reasons that people are backslidden from the church is because they couldn't take it anymore. They couldn't take some of the pain, or somebody talked to them the wrong way, or something in church did something to them, and we get bent out of shape, and because we don't know how to heal ourselves in the Lord through scriptures, we walk away. And like I said last week, some of you are not here. Sometimes it's not the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Sometimes it's your pain speaking to you. And, the, and you think that it is the Holy Spirit speaking to you when it's your pain speaking to you. Here's a revelation. Here's a revelation. When you're hurting, the voice of your own understanding and the voice of pain sounds a lot alike and is convinced that it's the word of the Lord and it's the, uh, the things of the Lord for you. I have seen people miss a lot of what God has for them because they believed the voice of their pain that it was the voice of the Lord. So I want you to see this scripture. Here's where we're going to start. Psalm 34. Come on. You guys are a little quiet today, and I should be quiet because I only got like four hours of sleep. So come on. I need you to say amen every now and then. Preach it, pastor. Come on, somebody. Amen. There you go. There you go. Psalm 34 in the, in the Passion Translation. Lately, I'm loving the Passion Translation, the uh, TPT. Look at what Psalms 34, 17 to 19. This is a beautiful promise for you guys. If you're taking notes, write the scripture down in this version. Watch it says, yet when holy lovers of God cry out to him with all of their hearts, the Lord will hear them and come to rescue them from all their troubles. Now watch this. The Lord is close. Everybody say close. The Lord is close to all whose hearts are crushed by pain. The Lord is close to all whose hearts are crushed with pain. And he is always ready to restore the repentant one. Look at this, look at this next verse. Even when bad things happen to the good and godly ones. 
The Lord will save them and not let them be defeated by what they face. Woo! Even when bad things that crush the people of God happen to them, the Lord will not allow them to be defeated by what they face. Notice that didn't say that nothing bad will never happen. Notice that it didn't say that some things are not going to be hurtful to you. He said, but those things that come that try to destroy you, they will ultimately not destroy you if you keep walking with the Lord. But if you don't. If you don't and you allow your pain to consume you, your anger to consume you, you will go in another direction and that can destroy you. That will destroy you because there are, there are key factors that I want to share today, about three or four major key factors. Again, you, you're taking, one of my anointings in my life is inner healing food. So you're taking years of downloads of how to set people free in the inner man. And, and putting it into two services, and it's going to be hard. So what I'm going to give you today is about three or four major key factors for you to obtain wholeness in your life. How many want wholeness in your life? Come on, seriously. How many want true wholeness in your life? Not just that you're not, you know what's so shocking to me? There's people that are okay with 90% wholeness in their life because they don't want to deal with the other 10% because it's so painful. Because the other 10% means that you have responsibility to uh, attach itself to that freedom. Because here's one thing that I'm going to say over and over and over and over again. One of the highlight marks and one of the, one of the highlight truths of freedom means this. That it doesn't usually come automatically. It has to have a partnership with you. Remember, truth alone does not set people free. I know some of you are like, well, that's blasphemous. Because Jesus said truth will set you free. He goes, and you will know the truth. And the truth that you know and apply, that truth will set you free. When I was a youth pastor, I used to say that to the youth all the time. I said, if truth alone sets you free, I would throw the Bible at you and you'd be free. Because the Bible is truth. So all I have to do is if you are just bound, if you're just hurting, if you're offended and not coming to church, then all I would have to do is truth alone will set you free is throw a Bible at your chest and all of a sudden, I don't have any unforgiveness anymore. Pastor just threw the truth at me. No, it's the truth that you know and apply that sets you free. That means truth could be there and you're still not free. Truth has to be applied by you. Not by the pastor, not by your friend, not by the preacher, not by the podcast. You have to hear the truth, then you have to accept the truth, then you have to receive the truth, then you have to walk out the truth. And you have to replace the lies with the truth. But you can't find out what the truth is if you don't open that word and apply it in your life. So the truth of God's word is what really brings wholeness in your life. Can I hear an amen? And so the first thing that I want to talk about when it comes to key factors of, of inner healing and how to obtain them, I'm going to give you a mixture of inner healing and instruction today, okay? So the first one is when we realize that this is so powerful, please tune in on this, right? The, one of the key to us getting really free, I'm talking about really free emotionally, right? Not just for a service, but for a whole lifetime. I believe that something that happened last week at the altar call, I believe that it's not just going to only stay for an altar call experience. I believe some of you, you, you left everything at the altar. And you know what? That's when healing starts. When you Watch this. You know, you know how you are truly free? When you start thinking differently than you did when, before you were bound. So when you were bound and you were hurt and then all of a sudden you dealt with it, you walk out of there and you say, I, I, I can almost say this. I, never, I, I received so many texts last week. But I believe that one of the things that you're going to feel is I feel light as a, as a feather. Why? Because a whole bunch of junk just lifted off of you by your decision to forgive. Oh, that's a curse word in church sometimes. To those who are hurting by someone else, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm going to say it. To those who are hurting by someone else, forgiving them is very hard to do. It's almost, it's almost as a curse word to them. You have no idea what they did. There's no way I'm going to forgive them, Right? So look at what the Bible says here. Uh, it keeps on going. So the first, the, the first point here I want to make is one of the best and quickest ways to bring healing and freedom is going to be on your, on your uh, screen. In your inner man, watch this, is by identifying the root cause of your wound, bondage, and addiction. Now, this is going to be deep here, guys. Listen to this. Everybody say root cause. Say root. 
Every fruit has a root. Look at what I'm saying, guys. If you really, really want to uh, ask the Lord why you're no longer on fire like you used to be, why you're no longer passionate like you used to be, why are you distant with people, why do you build walls? And you've been operating like this for a long time, but you will never know why unless you discover the root of where it came from. Because if the root is bad, the fruit is bad. Look at this. Look at this. Put that up there. Put that up there. If, say this with me. Say this with me. Look at that. Look, say this with me. If the root is bad, the fruit is bad. If the root is good, the fruit will be good. You don't have to say that, but <laughs> if the root, here's the problem with the body of Christ. Guys, here's the problem with the body of Christ. We think we have to have this traumatic experience for us to have inner healing. When it's really not, it's about a root problem that we never dealt with. It's a root problem that we have tried to hop from church to church to church and they keep following us. Because offense and pain is not a location problem, it's a heart problem. It's not, a, it's not a state problem. It's not a political problem. It's not a pastor problem. It's not a personality problem. It's a heart problem. So you could go to another church, baby, and it will be real good for about six months. And then somebody will say something that will trigger that wound in you. And all of a sudden, that's a bad church. If the root is bad, the fruit is bad. So many people are only operating with symptoms, and they think that if they deal with the symptom that they're really healed. But no, you've got to go to the root. And to watch this, watch this, watch this, some of you, in order for you to find out the root, it's as simple as praying and fasting, and God will remember where that root came. Maybe five years ago. Maybe it was a divorce. Maybe it's something that you put in your, in your back burner because the mind is programmed to reject pain. So when something really bad happens in your life or you feel shameful about something that you did, your mind will tell you and convince you, do not talk about it, don't bring it up. It's a defense to say, hey, I don't want to talk about this, it's too painful. And guess what? You, you buy yourself these temporary band-aids, but you keep having to buy the band-aids. You, you never really get healed. You just keep buying really good-looking band-aids that look good on the outside, and no one knows that you're internally bleeding. If you had an internally bleeding problem, all the bandages in the world are not going to heal the blood, clot, the, the blood from not clotting. If you have a disease that your blood doesn't clot, band-aids won't clot the blood. You have to go deep inside to the root cause. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. Now, you're actually pretty good today. You're, you're actually, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> the root, if the root, <laughs> focus. If the root is bad, the fruit will be bad. You must, now watch this, one way to find out the fruit, the root is through prayer. Can I just be honest? That's easy. The painful part is when you're forced to go back to your past. There's a lot of pastors and preachers that have always said, and, the, and we get it wrong because I know what they say. I know what they mean. They said, hey, forget about your past. And that's true if it's something that you did that God has already cleansed you from. But there's times in order for us to be healed properly, you have to force yourself to those painful memories that you have convinced yourself that they're not there anymore. Why? You have to go back to the corridors of, of the untouchable thing. And I'm not just talking about only these major things that are popping through your head like molestation and abuse, those are horrific things that, that, yes, you need to go back to. But how about a pattern of behavior? Where did you get that from? If you examine where it came from, you will examine why you are behaving, why you're behaving now. A changed heart will change your behavior. 
Some of you don't even know that you're walking in a certain way because you've been walking this way so much, but you have to find out, why am I always rebellious to, towards authority? Why am I always, because there was a problem somehow with something in your past that you have to remember. And sometimes I've talked to people, they have actually forgotten about it because they're so painful. The devil will convince them, don't talk, don't talk about it. Let me tell you something. If you have dirt underneath your rug and someone comes in your house and you sweep it under your rug to the naked eye, everyone will think that your house is clean. You know, we do that. Ding dong. Hey, come on in. Man, this house looks good. They just stepped on a whole bunch of stuff that hasn't been dealt with, but it's underneath... It's underneath the rug so you don't see it. Listen, just because you don't see it doesn't mean that it doesn't need to be de dealt with. So, so what we need to do is we need to find, say the root. Say the root. Finding the root may be painful, but ultimately it will lead you to the path of inner healing and wholeness. There's so many things that could be talked about that. How you view yourself. How you respond to this, how you think about others, all has to have a root. Now, look at Matthew chapter 7. This is good stuff. Watch this. Matthew chapter 7, you can follow along. Your Bibles are on the screen. Verse 16 through 20 in the New King James. Jesus said, you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree... Bears bad fruit. In other words, the root. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Oh. Nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Now, I want you, I want you to see this. I got this a couple days ago, and I want you to see this powerful phrase. It's going to be up on the screen. The root of your wound is seen by the fruit of your wound. I'm going to explain that in a second. The root of your wound can be seen by the fruit of your wound. Here's what I'm talking about. Well, I don't know what my, what my root is. Pay close attention to your actions. I don't know where my root of this. I don't know where it came from. I don't know where this, this rebellious thing uh, came from in me. Well, the fruit of your life now will give you a clue to what the root cause of pain or anger or offense that caused an injury emotionally and mentally to your mind and to your heart. If you pay attention to the fruit, you will discover the root. Here, here, here's an example. If you have issues, oh, Lord Jesus, I'm going to get in trouble with this. If you have, okay, I just, I, I put this as an example. If you have issues with people in authority and people in leadership, if you have constant issues with that, chances are someone in leadership or authority wounded you. They got quiet up in this Presbyterian church up in here. If you constantly are bucking authority, if you're constantly bucking leadership in any area, in your, in your uh, workplace, in the church, in your home, chances are that there has been a wound. And see, here's another thing. Pride tells you that, it, that you're not the one that has, are qualified for this. Why? Pride is another negative emotion, is a negative stronghold that manifests when we feel rejected or pain. This is a, a, a stronghold. Watch this. So if you have issues with authority and people in leadership, perhaps you were wounded. Look, if you're, if you're constantly pointing the finger at what is wrong with every leadership that you attend to or every, every atmosphere, then chances are that they have, that there's a wound in there somewhere. You know, when leadership says no and you want to hear yes, Right? When, when leadership says no and you want to hear yes and you get bent out of shape, it's a sign that there's a root problem. That's why I'm saying you, the, fruit of your, the fruit of your wound dictates the root of your wound. Right? So if you pay attention, church, I'm here to help you, at what you're constantly reacting to, you may, may need to say, why am I constantly harping on this? Can I hear an Amen. And anytime uh, someone says yes and you want to hear a no and you get bent out of shape and you pop off with attitude, right, it tells you something about a root cause in your life. 
Because maybe someone represented authority in your life and they misrepresented authority in your life. And now you see people through that lens. And you don't even realize it. You see every person through the lens of um, they're about to hurt me or they don't have it all together. or None of us have it all together. Right? And so we have this. We have this. We have to go to the root of the problem. Say the root. Come on, say the root. I believe the first thing that we have to do in order for us to get really whole is quiet our souls and see what is the root. Now, some of you, it doesn't have to go to your childhood. It could be maybe two years ago. Maybe there is an area of distrust that happened in your marriage. Maybe there's an area of distrust that happened in your um, workplace or in your church. And now you have trust issues with people. It's all root-related. If you go to the root, that's one of the quickest ways to find out why, why you are, are talking the way you talk, you're acting the way you t- act, and, and watch this, reveal that you actually need healing. Some people that are walking this way don't actually believe that they need healing. They actually think that just, well, that's the personality that God gave me. They blame their personality, their hard personality, on being rude to people and justify that. No, brother, that's, I'm just a, I'm just a no, no-nonsense type of person. I, I, I'm no nonsense. I'm no nonsense. That's why, that's why I talk to people that way. Since when does operating in the flesh make it more ho- holier than operating under the anointing? Since when does operating in your personality make it more Christ-like, come on, than operating under the presence of God? Let's stop blaming our personality, watch this, watch this, or our experience for us not to receive the needed healing that we need. I get so many Christians telling me, that they don't need, well, they don't say it, but they say it by their actions, right, that, that they don't need certain things because of their experience. Some of the hardest people to preach to are leaders in the kingdom of God. Some of the, some of the hardest people to, to, to preach to are people that have been in the church for 20 years. Well, I know that. I don't need that. I don't need that. And then the pastor talks about pride. He's like, I definitely don't need that. And I'm like, okay. The second thing, the second key factor to obtaining inner healing, watch this, and wholeness in your life is, now this is going to be a, a revelation to you, is to properly understand the second commandment of Jesus. We focus a lot in the church on the first commandment. Why? It's needed. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And many of us stop right there. I just want to love the Lord with all my heart, all my strength. Yes, that is the first commandment. But Jesus says something so powerful, and I'm going to say it to you. Look, one of the scriptural revelations that brings focus to the healing of wounded emotions and wounded memories is found in the second great commandment of Jesus. You know what the second great commandment is? The second commandment? He said, the second one is like it. That's a deep word. It's like it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Jesus, what do you mean it's like it? How, co- how, how can anything be like loving the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength? That's the first one. The second one, the Bible says, is you shall love, watch this, your neighbor as yourself. Then he says, no other commandment is greater than these two. He said, there's no other greater commandment than loving the Lord your God with all your heart. And watch this, treating people, loving them, and treating them holistically no matter what they did to you. Especially if they did something wrong to you, that is when the second commandment comes in. Oh, this is good stuff, let me tell you. And I, I don't have to go to the scripture because I just, I just read it. But we, 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 here's the thing. The first commandment is about how we love God rightly. That is so important. But we are incomplete if we are loving God well and we're loving people wrongly. We're incomplete if we're loving God well and loving people wrongly. Okay? You can't say you have your, your walk with God is great and hate people. How's your walk with God, brother? Oh, man, it is on fire. I'm fasting three days. I just can't stand this person over here. I just can't. I, I don't want to do anything with them. They get on my nerves, and it's just so hard for me. But other than that, my walk with God is good. It's impossible to say that you love God with all your heart because it's a progressive commandment. You first have to love God, then you can love people and yourself. If you first love God, it should dictate how you love people. 
That's why I get tripped out when people's like, man, I spent 10 hours, you know, in the prayer, and I spend, and I see their character and how they treat people. I'm like, you were probably on your phone for 10 hours spending time with God because I see very little fruit of you loving people well. You know who you need to love well? Specifically those who hurt you. Specifically those people in your life that cause wounds in your life. Those are the people that God is testing. Will you love them well? Watch. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to give you something right now that is going to, to, to give you a combination. Everybody say combination. I shared this about two years ago, but it's so good. It's one of the hallmarks of instruction and combinations of the Bible that sets you free when it comes to people. Now, remember, part of inner healing is actually dealing with people. You have to go to the root, right? That's the first thing. But then a big part of inner healing has to do, unfortunately, with dealing how you respond to people and how they treated you. Do you know that there's so many people that there's many times I've gotten texts or messages or emails saying, hey, forgive me. I thought you were doing going to be like so-and-so. Or I thought like you were going to do this like this other ministry did me. I thought you were going to do this. I had one person one time, no lie, guys, I was uh, praying, and it was in the altar call. It wasn't here. It was another church. And I was praying for someone, right? And at, the music is, is, is playing loud, and the worship, and, you know, and the altar call is powerful. And I'm praying for this person, and I'm praying for them. They're like, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I thought, well, man, they're really repenting good to the Lord. There's like, PG, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. You don't deserve this. I'm like, what? I'm praying for this person. He's like, you don't deserve this. What's, what's happening? And I said, uh, let's talk Let's talk after service, right? So after service, we went to a room. And I said, what's going on here? And this person is weeping. He said, he's a good friend of mine now. And he's weeping. He goes, he goes I, I, I misjudged you. And I was offended at you. And you didn't do anything wrong. I go, why? He said, because your mannerisms remind me of my old pastor that hurt me. So here I am. Someone that have mannerisms that are, are triggering an emotion, and I was already judged by this person because I had the mannerisms of a pastor who severely hurt him. And it went on for months without him knowing until finally the Lord revealed that he had, was having criticalness towards me. And let me tell you something. We repented, we repented, and he became one of my close friends. But I want you to see this, something that I'm about to say that's very important. In life, we have things that lock us up. Do you know that there's some, there's some um, I don't know, if I'm going to use that as an example. Do you know that there's some uh, things that open up with a key, right? Oh, one, one key, right? How many of you know have a key, right? You have one key and it opens one door. That's it. opens one door. But sometimes things are safeguarded with a safe in a sense. And that thing that is safeguarded with a safe, there's something very valuable behind that safe. And it takes multiple combinations to open that door. It just, you don't open a safe with a key. You, you need many combinations of the right combination in order to unlock that thing that's holding something very valuable inside. And in Matthew chapter 5, in my opinion, gives us the safe combination to open the, the, the door of freedom at a, at a level that you've never seen because some people are only satisfied. Now, I'm going to say something deep here that all you have to do is forgive. Yes, that is the number one thing. Forgiveness, when it comes to inner healing, is the number one combination. That's the key, right? But there are so many other things that I have found out in my own life and when it comes to inner healing that I had to do, right, that if I didn't do it, I would not be totally healed. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This sounds weird, but sometimes we have to uh, find out the spiritual combination to open the safe that has trapped our heart and mind. It's, everybody say combination. Now listen, you're going to think that I'm going off, but I'm not. It's, we do need to forgive. That's the number one for inner healing, right? Forgive ourselves and forgive others. But there's other things that Jesus instructs us to do to get radical healing. And I'm going to tell you a personal testimony about what happened to me. Look at Matthew chapter 5. Are you getting something this morning? Right, so Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, listen closely to the combination that Jesus says when it comes to wounded hearts, wounded memories, especially when it comes relationally. Everybody say relationally. Relationally. Say relationally. Because some of you, I feel in my spirit, you are not walking the fullness of God because a church hurt you. 
a family member hurt you. I want you to see this. Look at this. Watch the combination. Jesus said this. Are you ready? Verse 43. Uh, you, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Underline that. Number two, bless those who curse you. I didn't get a lot of amens on that. Number three, do good to those who hate you. Number four, watch this, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you that you may be sons of the Father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, come on, church, watch this, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only the brethren only, the brothers only, the sisters only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? Look at me, look at me, look at me. That is all fine and dandy when we read it on the Bible paper. But doing it in real life is very hard. It's very simple to say, amen, oh, but pray for your enemies. That's right, preach it, Pastor. You know, Jesus, Jesus said, before you, you deal with the speck in that person's eye, deal with the log in your eye. Some of you are like, preach it, Pastor. Preach it, Pastor. That's right. Preach it. They need to forgive. They need to bless. That's right. They need to do it. Tell them, amen, Pastor, Amen. And all you've done is maybe forgive someone, but you've not blessed them that hurt you. You haven't blessed them. You haven't prayed for them, right? You're telling people. <laughs> this is funny, but it's true, all right? Now watch this. There's a combination. Say combination. Here's the combination to, I'm talking about radical next level freedom. I call it next level freedom. And I had to do this. One time I was hurt by somebody really bad. I think all of us have been there one time. Come on. Let's take our spiritual mask off. We have been hurt by church folks. We've been hurt by spiritual people, non-spiritual people. And you know what the interesting part of it is usually the people that are close to you the most that hurt you the most. Because if a bum that I don't know says something to me, I really don't, I'm not going to get that hurt. But if, someone, but if someone that's very close to me and supposed to be someone that guards me and protects me and they hurt me, I, I could go into a whirlwind that takes years to recover. And one day I heard the Lord say, you've forgiven. I said, Lord, I've forgiven this person. Why do I feel the heaviness still? Why do I feel uh, 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 this, this depression still? He says, because you haven't figured out the combination. I go, what are you talking about? I said, I forgive this person. And I was wounded deeply by this person. And I, listen, you're not going to like this, but it's an amen moment. The Lord says, I want you to bless them. I go, I'm not going to bless them, Lord. No. No, I'm, I'm going to forgive them. And we use the excuse, uh, you know, you don't have to be best friends with them. But, you know, you got you to gotta forgive them. I said, that's true. I'm like, I'm not going to be best friends with them, but I'll forgive them. God says, okay, take it, take it to the next level. You want to go deeper in your freedom? Bless them. I'm not going to I'm not going to bless them. No, 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 no. They're the ones who hurt me. I'll just forgive them. That's all I need to do. I need to forgive them. I need you to bless them. Guys, I was so hurt one day. And I was, this is just a couple years ago. And I was, uh, I was sleeping. And I woke up. I, some of you have heard the story, but there's so many new people that I had to say it again. I, I woke up and I was groggy and I said this. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. And I woke up and I, I heard myself saying, I bless you. And the Lord says, something's about to break when you bless them in prayer. And I started, guys, I started saying this person's name out and said, I bless you, so-and-so. You know how hard that is? I could have just said, I forgive you, and that's it. That's it. God says, go deeper because you still got junk inside of you. I bless so-and-so. I don't know if something's happening with my mic. I bless so-and-so. Do I need to change mics? Yes, no? Okay, Brady, where's your mic? One, two. Yeah? No, I don't know. Can you guys hear me okay? All right. So I started blessing this person, and then this, the Lord gave me this, this scripture, right? Now, I want you to see this, all right? I want you to see this. Here's the combination, all right? I want you to put this on the screen. Just have it ready for me just in case, all right? Look at this. The first combination is forgiveness. Say forgiveness. 
Okay, that's elementary, right? We all know this. Those who've been walking with the Lord know that the first key to unlock inner healing is forgiveness. But this is where most Christians stop. We just say, hey, okay, I'm going I'm I'm to prove it to you. Has anybody forgiven somebody that's hurt them? Lift up, lift up their hands. Okay, let, let, all right, put your hands down. Has anybody ever forgiven a ministry that's hurt them? Watch this, I'm going to say something deep. Did your life magically change overnight? Did, do you still have issues of trust with ministries? Do you still have issues? Some of you don't, but some of you still do. You know why? Because there's a deeper level that needs to happen because the wound was so great that it requires you to unlock the safe. Because what the enemy does is he builds a fortress of hurt that requires multiple combinations for you to open that thing. Now watch, watch, I'm going to tell you. So it's forgiveness, right? Now look at this, look at the second one, look at the second one. Loving your enemies. When's the last time you actually did that? I love my enemies. I'm forgiving them. No, love your enemies. Love them. That means you really go out of your way to show the love of God when someone is considered your enemy. Look at the next combination. We're opening up a safe this morning, okay? Oh, listen. Bless those who curse you. Verbally and in prayer. Now watch this. And even at times, I know this sounds weird for some of you guys, physically bless them. Could you imagine saying to someone that hurt you and say, here, here's a little gift from me to you. And they open it and it's $100 from you. And they're the ones who hurt you. I know that's, it got quiet up here. But you know what? Jesus said, you want to unlock it to deeper levels? Go more than just forgiveness. Pray for your, pray, 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 listen, pray for your enemies. Or love your enemies, sorry. Bless those who curse you. If you're struggling with some sort of wound that needs inner healing, perhaps you need to start blessing the people and the situations that hurt you more than you're cursing them. Years ago, this is a true story that brought conviction to me. Years ago, there was a pastor in, the, in our city. Years ago. A pastor in our city that made it to the news and uh, was embarrassing about some of the things that were happening in behind closed doors uh, with adulterous relationships. And I remember me and a, a, a whole bunch of my pastor friends were like, can you believe this? And we were talking, can you believe this is happening? And we were, we were actually saying, saying the truth. I can't believe this. This is, a, this is a disdain to the body of Christ, whatever. And then, and then there's always that one guy or one girl that's really walking humbly and that just dropped the mic on you every now and then. All right? It's a group text. Remember I talked about group text last, last week? It was a group text of pastors. And we were like, oh, you know, I can't believe. And this one pastor, man, made me look this small. He goes, hey, brothers, um, unless we've spent more time weeping about this man, we have no business criticizing this man. And I'm thinking, no, do you see what's happening in the news? He says, unless you have this, he goes, brothers, he goes, unless you spend enough time weeping for this man, we have no business criticizing him. Until you wept for him, then you could speak the truth and criticize the, the, the things that happened because he needs to be held accountable. But I realized at that point that all I was doing was criticizing and not one time was I lifting this brother up who fell. How about you when you have been wounded? Do you spend more time criticizing the person that wounded you or do you actually pray for them? Do you actually bless them? I'm giving you a combination that the enemy does not want you to have. It's a combination that will set your spirit on fire. Look at the fourth one. And I'm going to do an illustration here. Look at the fourth combination. Oh, boy. This, this, I, I've, I don't think I've ever seen anybody do this, do this one when it comes to wounds. When's the last time you did good, did good in actions to people that hurt you? Like, actually, you know what that means? That actually means doing good to them. That means it's not, not treating them distantly, but saying, you know what? I'm going to do good to those who hurt me. That is a very hard thing to do, but it's not impossible. If it was impossible, Jesus wouldn't tell us to do. Do you know that I have seen breakthrough in my life because when I figured this out, I started doing it. And watch this. Here's the key. Here's the key. Don't expect anything in return. You do it, and you allow the Lord to do it. I remember there was a time where someone hurt me, and I started sending them certain things, and I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. And at first, this is how it sounded like, Lord, I bless so-and-so. Amen. 
And I would do that, right? And then I would, and, and God was like, okay, keep going. Oh, I forgive them, and I bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen. And, and then I started, this is weird, because as I started to do that, I started groaning for them. I go, so-and-so, I bless you. I mean, from the top of my lungs, and just swept all that stuff away. I had nothing, they didn't owe me nothing, but guess what? My heart was free. Let me tell you something. When you do good to those that hurt you, you're opening the combination of the lock to your heart that has been bound for years. Look at the last combination. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. It means you're actually in your prayer closet adding them on your prayer list instead of cursing them on your prayer list. Lord, let the fire, I mean, I mean, it's like the disciples. Lord, shall we call down fire now to those people that didn't allow you to go to the village? And, and Jesus is like, no, we're not going to call down fire, Peter. Not now. We're not going to call down fire now. That's not what we're talking about. But you sure? Because we could call it for you. And Jesus is like, no, that's not it. Now watch this. Watch this. I, I, I'm going to go by faith here. Now watch this. So here's a combination. So I don't know if you guys can see this. There's a new little combination lock here, right? Right. So there used to be a key, and when it is locked, uh, there's a combination, right? So in order for us on the other side, there's freedom, right? So if I put a key in here, that's not enough to open this door. There's actually to be a combination. So the combination to your heart is this, and I put it up. Number one again, watch this. Forgiveness. You push that forgiveness, right? Look at number two. Push number two. Right? I can't read it. What is it? Shout it at me. Okay, love your enemies. All right? What's the third one? Okay, bless those who curse. Now, you put, you're applying all this in your life. What's the fourth one? Do good to those who hurt you. And what's the fifth one? Pray. And when you do that... Thank God it was open. It was, that would have been a bad, bad, would have been a bad example. I'm like, PK, you better have the. When you, do you see this? That door cannot be open without a combination. Do you guys see this? It's more than just forgiving others. I'm going to say that. It's more than just forgiving others. You want deep healing? Go with the biblical combination. I, I, I challenge you. Anyone who's ever been hurt deeply, I want you to pray for that person. I want you to bless that person. I want you to do good for that person. Watch, uh, yeah. I want you to love them. Does that justify what they did to you? Absolutely not. But your heart will soar. While their heart may still be bound, your heart will soar and it's so freeing to know that you could walk in holiness and wholeness and, and not owe anything to anyone because you're applying the combination of your life. If you want full freedom, you're going to have to apply full combination. Woo! Full freedom, full combination. All right? And that's the second part. Now, the third part, and we're, we're going to close in a little bit, the third key factor to inner healing is, now this is, I, I want you to hear this, this is very elementary, but in the altar call last week, I felt the word, the prophetic word of the Lord, and it prompted me to say this, because this is huge, huge, it's the power of negative words that have on your heart and your mind. I remember there was a time last week where I heard the word, I saw the word words in brick, like words, W-O-R-D-S, and I saw cracks in it. And I heard the Lord say, I'm breaking the power of words that has been over my people, that has haunted them and hurt them. Because here's the thing, words can be, uh, uh, we all know that the, the, the power of life, death, and the power of your tongue. But here's the thing, we could become a self-fulfilling prophecy of the words spoken by, I mean, sorry, towards us, even though if we don't know we accept them or not. When you were like, I mean, you know, can I be honest with you? Can I just be open? We got to be careful even with our culture. You know, Spanish people, we name things over self-proclaiming prophecies over our people. Mira, gordita, ven acá, gordita. Mira, mira, uh, whatever, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And we, we say like, hey, hey, fatty in, in, in Spanish. Hey, come over here, fat, fatty. And we be, and we we become we become the very prophecies and words that are spoken over us. 
But that little girl doesn't know what's happening. She just knows how, you know, you're, you're calling me fatty, and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. And then, then you wonder why you struggle with insecurities when you're a teenager. Because words shaped you. That's why you have to be careful what words you receive over your life. Do you know that there's so many people that are hurting because of words that were spoken over you? Do you know that so many right now are hurting because a father said something or didn't say something to a daughter or to a son? Do you know that there's people that are hurting because a pastor or a leader said something that maybe they meant or maybe they didn't mean and they destroyed someone by their words? By the way, can I just say something? And, and, and I don't say this for a particular gender, but there's so many people that they know they can't hurt someone physically. So what they do to get back at them, they'll use words. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, and you know I can't hurt them. But boy, am I going to wound them with my words. And I know what I'm doing too. You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. You know that that's going to hurt them. Because words have power to create. Because Jesus created the world with words. And we create our world with words. Jesus, the Lord says, let there be light. Boom, and there was light. He could have said, here is light. I formed it with my hands. He says, let there be light. Boom, there was light. Let there be firmament. There be firm. Let there be the waters that come up to here and not over there. And it was so. Here's what I want you to see. Corrupt speech injures relationships instead of imparting grace to the relationship. And wholesome speech refreshes the heart. Look at this. Last two scriptures that I'm going to close here. Look at Proverbs chapter 15, verse 23. This is so powerful. I want you to see how words can refresh the soul, guys. By the way, this is really key in marriages, by the way. This is key in family. Do you know that I've seen more hurt in families for the cause of, of words than almost anything else when it comes to families? It's either romantically, either par parentally with parents, or it's with children. It's words. Words. Are, are stuck in our system. When was the last time you, you looked at your spouse and you said something like, when you had an argument, like, I can't believe I'm with you? Or that D word, right? That D word. Oh, I should just divorce you. Right? Oh, you, I shouldn't have married you or, or, or for kids. Why don't you come out like your brother? Why don't you come out like your sister? Or you know what? I shouldn't have had you. Words shape our destiny. Look at this. Look at Proverbs 15. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. And a word spoken in due season, how good it is. There's a beautiful part of words that we could edify and lift someone up. But look at this now. I'm going to give a revelation to this last scripture. Ephesians chapter 4. Look at this. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. Are you there? It's going to be up on the screen. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, watch this, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Now watch this. Look at this revelation. Look at the next verse. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. I, I would like the worship team to come up uh, on, the, on the stage, please, because I'm about to close. I want you to look at me for a second in this scripture. The Bible says, let no corrupt speech come out of your mouth. Watch this. Accept that which is edifying. Let that convict you for a second. And don't, and don't do the elbow thing. Talk about, look at yourself for just a minute. What is coming out of your mouth on a daily basis? What is your speech towards people? What is your speech towards uh, you? What is your speech towards our nation? What is your speech towards your church? Right? Watch this. But I want you to notice how grieving the Holy Spirit is directly connected to the words that come out of your mouth. In English, we have these commas and, and, and periods, and we have these uh, compartmental uh, train of thought. But these writers, when they wrote these things, they were all one big train of thought that they were trying to give. And he says, let no corrupt speech come out of your mouth, Right? Then right afterwards it says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do you know that it's possible that we're grieving the Holy Spirit by what we say? You quench the Holy Spirit by despising prophecies and despising the power of God and despising. But we grieve him a lot by our behavior and by what we say. How many in here, if you're honest with yourself, have ever been wounded for years or maybe a short amount of time that has crippled you emotionally by words? By words. Okay, then the rest of you need to answer the altar call for lying because 
Because I know, I know at one point in our lives, there has been some words that has jabbed deep inside of us. All right? And, and so we need to be extremely careful of what we say and how we say it. Why? Because it's much more difficult to win someone over that's been offended once they've been offended. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, uh, uh, and I won't get into it. Those who know me, I have a whole message on this. It says, a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. Right? It's so hard when someone already gets offended to win them over because of your words. Because someone that is offended, especially by words, will be a person that begins to build walls around people. Have you ever, have you ever um, talked to maybe your spouse or someone that you know that's very close and you always just want to get in and you're like, let me in. They're always telling you, let me in, let me in. Everything is like, no, doesn't bother you. Oh, yeah, things are bothering them is that they don't want to open up to you because they feel like opening up will expose them to words to hurt them again. So they settled for the fact that they're not going to open up and they're going to allow the words to eat them up. So once we get offended by words, once we get offended by people, the Bible says it's harder to win that person that's offended. It's harder to win that person than a bars of a, of a castle. A person offended is harder to win than a strong city. A strong city was cities that build walls all over. Why, 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 why? Because they were trying to shut off the enemy from coming in. It's okay. Somebody clean that. It's all right. Thank God it's not oil. Here's the thing, guys. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to give you the last five instructions. I know I've given you a lot on the quest for inner healing. And here's why I'm saying this, because I want you to be whole. Jesus wants you to be whole. And I don't want you to just sit there and say, this is a lot of good information. I don't need that. I've learned about it. No, I need you to practice this. Especially that combination, I want you to practice it. Now, I'm going to give you in closing things that I believe we're going to do prophetically today, all of us, all of us. We're going to give you, I call it the, 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 the four R's of freedom. Say the four R's, all right? The avenues and the four R's of the, of, of the fullness, of receiving fullness and healing. And we're going to do that today. We're going to do that and we're going to identify something today. Now, I want you to see that as we do this, I want you to not exempt yourself. Don't be concerned about another person. I want you to be concerned. Here, here's what I'm going to say. I give you permission to be selfish this morning. I give you permission to just for, just for a couple minutes, don't think about how to apply this to your husband or to apply this to your friend. I want you to be selfish and say, how can I apply this to me? The first avenue, again, this is, this is gonna be five and then we're gonna pray. First avenue is this, put it up, is acknowledgement. Say acknowledgement. You know what that means? That means you gotta acknowledge that you indeed are struggling with an emotional stronghold. Hello? What are, what are emotional strongholds? I'm gonna give it to you briefly. Depression, anger, fear, insecurity, right? Bitterness, unforgiveness. Those are all strongholds emotionally, okay? So acknowledge that you need and are struggling with an emotional stronghold. That's the first step to freedom. All right, here's the second one. Here's the four R's. Repent. You say, what? I got to repent when I'm hurt? Repent for the effects that you've allowed it to consume your heart. Repent for allowing this to cripple your life. Repent is not a bad thing. Repent is a good thing. You're saying, you know what? Lord, forgive me for believing the lies all these years. Forgive me for walking away. Do you know that everyone has a story for walking away? Do you know that every person in this room has a justifiable reason why they walked away? Well, it's because of this. Well, because of that. Well, you don't know my story. It's repenting for believing the lies that has caused us to drift away. Can I hear an amen? Number three, and we're gonna, we're gonna worship after this. Renounce. Everybody say renounce. So it's acknowledge that I, have a, that I have an issue, that I'm a candidate, right? Number, number two is repenting in our own heart for 
believing these things and allowing these things to consume us, repenting of those. Number three, renounce. You know what renounce is? You could also put the word replace there. Because renouncing means that by faith and by prayer, you are saying with your mouth, I am renouncing all bitterness today. I am renouncing a spirit of infirmity. I am announced, I'm renouncing my, my hurt that has controlled me. I'm renouncing my justification and treating people this way. I'm renouncing these lies and I'm releasing the people that hurt me. I'm releasing them. Again, when you release them, you're not condoning what they did, but brother and sister, you are freeing yourself. You're renouncing the things that you have accepted and you're releasing them. That's, 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 that's the third one. The fourth one is receive. Say receive. Come on, say receive. That means you allow the Lord access. Everybody say access into your wounded heart. That means you actually say, I receive. See, let me tell you something about, this is not in my notes. Someone told this to me the other day and I realized that it was true about me. I'm such a giver. I, I give out, you know, in ministry, I give out other things that I have a hard time receiving. And so someone has been blessing me with these, uh, this, these health appointments that I go and the Lord put it on their heart to not charge me. This is a professional, a professional um, healthcare person that is in the natural field. He said, the Lord told me, and, and I'm always taking out my wallet because it's hundreds of dollars of supplements. I'm like, you're not paying for it. And I kept saying, and then finally this person lovingly said, you know what, brother, you have a hard time receiving. And I said, yes, I do. He says, you, she said, you, you have to learn how to receive because God wants to bless you. And God is putting it on my heart to bless you. But I'm so used to blessing other people that really that revealed a form of pride in my life and it, and it revealed the form of, of an area that I needed to deal with emotionally. Some of you, are you ready for this revelation? Don't feel you deserve to receive healing. Some of you feel you don't deserve you receiving and verbally saying, I receive the goodness of God. I receive the blessing of God because you, you felt like you've been so in a pattern for so many years or like me that you're always giving and you hide behind always giving that God says, no, I want you to receive. Come on, I want you to receive. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit here. You renounce and then you say, now watch this, when you receive is the moment of vulnerability because you say, Lord, I can't give anything back but I want you, I'm, I'm saying it's okay I'm giving you access to bless me. I'm giving you access to love on me. I'm giving you access to hug me. I'm giving you access to say everything's going to be all right. I'm giving you access for me to be vulnerable. Some of you, you hide behind your strength. You hide behind you have it all together. And God says, you're my child. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how much you give. I still want to give to you. Oh, God, I feel the Holy Spirit here. Stop trying to be the man. Stop trying to be the woman. Stop trying to figure it all together. No, God says, stop it. Have your arms wide open and just receive. You'd be surprised how many people have a hard time receiving. God says it's okay. I feel, I'm telling you, I feel all over me right now. It's okay with all of your experience to say, I'm a little kid again. I need you to come in. I, I, you have a gift for me, and it's okay for me to say, I receive. I receive. Say, I receive. You're worthy of that. You're, I'm telling you, his blood made you worthy. I feel the Holy Spirit saying, some of you feel you don't deserve to receive but you do your healing will be incomplete if you know if you know how to renounce if you know how to repent but if you don't know how to receive receive has everything to do with the way that you view God and the, if you view yourself that it's okay it's okay to say I am going to receive from the Lord God doesn't need your help 
He doesn't need you to do anything for him. You just say, here I am. I receive. And then lastly, is replace. It's the last thing. You receive, and once you receive, you replace. You replace the lies with the truth. You replace the hurt with freedom. You release you, re, you replace the wounds with healing. And how do you replace it? By actively walking things out to replace that which you've believed and start replacing it in your life. Can I hear an amen? Let's all stand up before the Lord right now. the four R's and then we're going to leave we're going to worship right now I want everyone to stand up I feel that some of you just need to learn how to receive come on stop trying to be smart right now stop trying to have it all together right now stop trying to give and God says just receive release it repent renounce receive Come on, lift up your hands right now. We're going to just worship the Lord. We're going to dismiss in a couple minutes. But I want to do surgery here tonight. Come on, to this morning.